this week on Moms Moving On. Get educated, shore up our finances, and get the support we need to leave so that we can leave safely. We can leave safely and that we can get our children out of that situation. Because as hard as it is for you, your kids see it, they know it, whether or not you realize it. And for my father, he actually became a victim of abuse too. And so it's really key and important that if you're in a relationship that's unhealthy and however it is, that you do the right thing and protect yourself because that then protects your kids. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so happy to have you here. And today we've got money on our minds. Everybody's most difficult conversation or most stressful thought when thinking of leaving a marriage but we have none other than Stacy Francis on with us. She's the president and CEO of Francis Financial, a fee-only boutique wealth management, financial planning, and divorce financial planning firm dedicated to providing ongoing comprehensive advice for successful individuals, couples, and women in transition, such as divorce or widowhood. What a beautiful concept and something that is so needed for so many women. Stacy, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about the do's and don'ts of divorce uh, before, during, and after. Well, I know that for a lot of women that reach out to me, their thought process is, well, I can't do this. I don't know anything about our finances and I don't work. And so I'm stuck. And Mm -hmm. I, I like to say that where there's a will, there's a way, but I am not a financial planner myself, nor am I good at budgeting or anything under that realm. At least I wasn't before my own divorce. Um, So that's why I think your work is so needed. Tell me how you sort of geared your business to be helpful towards women going through divorce. Yeah, no, thank you. And I have to say, thank you, Michelle, for sharing that story, because so many women feel exactly like you and, you know, sharing that, you know, I wasn't good at at budgeting until I got divorced. And so that's actually what I want to share with all of the women that are listening today is that. You know, it may not be your superpower now, um, but as we know, we go to the gym, we get stronger. Same thing with, with getting, you know, flexing your superpower, your financial muscle too. So I tend to work with women through Francis Financial who um, have not been in the workforce for some time. There's often a lot of complexity to their financial situation. Um, most of the women we work with have have significant assets, they end up walking away with about $2 million or more that we manage for them. But what I want to share is that while I have unbelievable expertise in in very complex assets um, through Savvy Ladies, which is a beautiful non-profit, it's a 501c3 charity, we work with women pro bono. And so I just want people to also know about Savvy Ladies too, because not everybody has $2 million. They're going to walk away from their right. marriage. Right. And if anything, you, you might need even more help. Um, and so SavvyLadies.org is a, a wonderful resource where women can work one-on-one with a certified divorce financial analyst uh, through our helpline. We have 50 different programs each year about financial literacy, everything you need to know. And, and the best thing about it, Michelle, is that it's all free of charge. 
Um, and this is in honor of my, my grandmother. She um, oh. was an amazing woman, um, but she felt like a lot of women, um, Michelle, she felt financially trapped in her marriage yeah. and she never left. Um, and she actually was dealing with abuse as well. And it, it was awful to see, but it really taught me a lesson how for women in particular, understanding money, taking an active role in the money is really important because that is our, our essentially our valve to freedom, to, mm-hmm. to financial security. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I hope that my, my hope for everyone listening is to know that wherever you are, there's a resource for you that can help. Which leads me to my next question. What are the top do's and don'ts for women who are, you know, thinking of getting divorced and yeah. wondering which steps they should take financially? Well, the biggest uh, do is start to pay a pension. The biggest don't is don't do the status quo. So the do pay attention. Um, this is the time where you're going to have the easiest access to educating yourself about the finances of your marriage. And when I say that, yes, it's about the spending, but even more so than that, Michelle, it's also understanding what are the assets? How much is in the 401k? How much is in the IRA? How much is your house worth? What is your mortgage? What is the the value of your checking accounts, your savings accounts? Uh, Do you have any credit card debt? And write it down, do a list of all the assets and do a list of all those liabilities. And for some women, they are on purpose pushed out of the financial realm of their divorce and not let in. And so what I say is, is push in, Mm -hmm. start to see where mail is coming from, Mm -hmm. what institutions, Uh, look at your tax return. It's a perfect opportunity. Your tax return was just filed. Mm -hmm. So based on the timing of when this comes out, make sure that you get a copy of that. If you look at the um, portion of realized gains and losses, you'll see the accounts of where your money is. So the biggest do is start to really get involved and create, I call it your freedom file. And that freedom file includes your assets, your liabilities, and and what that spending looks like. I'm writing down all these little amazing (laughs) tidbits. These are great. The freedom file. You know, a lot of women listening might say, okay, yes, this is absolutely something I need to do, but how do I start asking my husband these questions and for these things that I've never asked for before without like, yeah, giving it all away. (laughs) I've thought about this too, Michelle. Um, and this is what I, this is what I, maybe it's not a great advice, but, but I've gotten good feedback. Make sure that you watch a movie, uh, that includes the husband dying and the wife being devastated with kids. You're brilliant. Make sure your husband sees you watching that and you're crying. (laughs) And the reason why I'm, 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 I watched far too many of these movies, needless to say, but, um, there are a good number out there and, you know, just have that conversation of like, what would happen if you died? Like, what does your life insurance look like at work? What does your life, do we have anything outside of it? Um, you know, have we updated our will? What does that look like? And the will FYI lists all the assets. Have we updated the will? Should we update the will? Who would take care of the kids if we both passed away? Uh It's a great way of not um, triggering 
Like, why is she reached, you know, why does she want this information now? I love that. That is so strategic and smart. It's so like, strategic, right? I feel like everybody is going to be like, oh my God, honey, it's movie night. Like really, this is- It's movie night. It's movie night. <laughs> that is advice. You know, I've spoken to a lot of financial planners on the podcast and both, you know, and through networking and, and colleagues that I've met. That is the first time I've heard that. I love that. Well, you know, Any movie I, I, in particular that's really going to like zing them? trying to think of there, there, you know, I haven't watched one recently. I mean, knock on wood, we're celebrating 20 years um, of happy marriage, but it's so funny. I say also, Michelle, it's probably because I'm a certified divorce financial analyst. I think that, <laughs> I think my husband might be a little afraid of me. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's that's- healthy for that marriage. Um, but yeah, just go on the lifetime, you know, lifetime has so many, right. The Hallmark channel bless. They may not be great quality, but it gets the point across, you know, there, and there are also a lot of great books out there, even um, Sheryl Sandberg and the the book that she wrote uh, about losing her husband, this unbelievably powerful woman who found herself, you know, catching up with the finances and trying to figure out, you know, making heads and tails of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that there, there's, there's so many different ways, um, but ultimately, you know, there's, you may not have gotten this advice before because so much of divorce Yes, it's financial, but so much of it is also not financial. And right. it's a way of right. uh, how can you in the most uh, healthy, non-adversarial uh, ad- way start to prepare yourself for mm-hmm. a secure financial future for you and, and the kids. Yeah, that preparation and just knowledge is power. And so I love yeah, that. it is. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? What are some other don'ts? I want to I want to focus on the don'ts. Like what are the biggest yeah. mistakes so, a woman um, could make? And this is a real timely piece in advance of a divorce or during the divorce process, sometimes I'll see women start to restrict their spending significantly. Mm. And while that sounds like a good thing, it can backfire against you because all of a sudden when it comes to uh, child support and spousal support or what we call alimony, if she is living on a budget that was 50% of what she lived on before when they were happily married, that could be taken against you. Now, the reason why I share this is that you know, every single person who's listening today has had a big shift to their budget. And many of us are still not back to our, what we call pre-COVID spending levels. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, you know, go out and start to buy Louis Vuitton bags, but- keep- Why not though? No, I'm just kidding. I know. I know. <laughs> well, at least if you do do something, something that holds its value. Um, like a Louis Vuitton purse. It Those could, are classics. And, I'm sorry, don't- 
Please don't follow me for financial tips. <laughs> I know. And you do have to be careful because you don't want to be accused of, um, you know, essentially being unwise and, and squandering, you know, splending your money everywhere because that doesn't look either good either. But, um, you know, just essentially keep your standard of living of what, what it typically is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, live your life as you normally would and find ways to make sure that you are preparing not only with understanding the assets and, and your, your budgeting, um, but also that you have money for legal fees. Uh, there are some women who have been locked out of the finances of the marriage. They don't have money in their name. So finding ways that you can start to create that little nest egg, mm-hmm. open it up at a uh, bank that you do not have any type of account at, ideally somewhere away from your home. So mm-hmm. it's not obvious Make sure it's online e-statements and that you open up a new email under a Gmail and that that email is not- You should work for the CIA, Stacey. I know. You're in the room. (laughs) You you just want to make sure that that Gmail is not like Stacey Francis at Gmail, right? Be it be something else and start to put that money away because- I I just share, Michelle, why this is so important. One of the biggest challenges that women have is that they're behind the eight ball because they can't afford legal fees. Right. And you don't want this to become the person with the biggest uh, access, you know, the biggest purse, the biggest amount of money wins. Um, That's not what, that's really not what you want. Um, Everybody should have good representation and you deserve that uh, just as much as your spouse. A lot of times there is financial abuse in these marriages. And then when a woman is strong enough to finally leave and she empowers herself, I've seen this mistake made time and time again when we have to fill out our financial affidavits. It's for some reason, women feel this sense of guilt and shame over having to like admit what they spend. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Now is not the time to be modest. This is the time to be as honest and real and maybe round up a little bit. Like I remember, I remember my lawyer saying to me, like, you get your period once a month, tampons are expensive, put down two boxes, like just don't skimp. This is not a time to like show off or prove anything to anybody. Yeah, no, and, and the thing is, Michelle, you know, we we all are judgmental of ourselves. But guess what? This is not the place for it. And trust me, whatever your budget is, there are people who spend two, three, four times you. So I'm working on a case right now, and she spends fifty thousand dollars a month. And I mean, you may sound say and have that judgment of like, oh my God, where does that go? But guess what? That is their standard of living, of Mm -hmm. where they live. The kids do private school, blah, 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 blah. But I've also worked with women where their budget is $100,000 a month. And it's not that they're overspending. That was the standard of living. They had the private jet. They had, And that's what he spends. It doesn't mean that that's going to be your standard of living going forward, because most likely there is going to be some some step back. So at least put on that statement of net worth, the financial affidavit, what you really spend. And this is my big tip. If anything ends in a zero or it ends in a five, I throw it out. And why do you think I throw it out for any expense that ends in a zero or a five? I don't know. Because you know what? It was rounding. Oh. I Right. And what do we do when we, when we round and we kind of like guesstimate 
Psychologically, studies have shown that we underestimate our spending by anywhere from 20 to 40%. So don't do it. Look at the real numbers. And then once you've got that real numbers, I want you to think ahead of what are those one-time things that happen? We know that the car needs a change of gas or a change of oil, oil. might need repairs. We know that there are issues with potentially a roof. And we also know that the kids, when they get older, might need orthodontia. So again, you know, think about not just like a Central Park course who has blinders that just looks in front of them at this moment. Think about the future of what that budget might be too for, for you. And, you know, most importantly for the kids, because kids, as they get older, as you know, Michelle, they become more expensive. Oh, yeah. They oh, become yeah. more expensive. Bless them. I know. I remember. Bigger, I miss, like, more expensive and a bigger pain at sometimes. Not always. When, when diapers, diapers were my biggest uh, financial burden. Yes, I, I do remember those days. Um, but no, but this is really great advice. And I love how you're also offering like tips and tricks to do this on the slide, because unfortunately that is the reality for so many women and how they have to do things. I remember my mom telling me, because she was also locked out of any finances. My dad would give her a certain amount of cash every week and she would squirrel some away. Her parents always told her like, have your own for a rainy day. And so that she had a little bit of a nest when when yeah. things fell apart. And it wasn't, it was probably hidden under a mattress in those days. I don't even know, but but that was that was advice that I think really could fit everybody because if you can put some away, you have it there, it gives you a little bit of peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, back to financial abuse, I have to tell you, Michelle, it's a big word and a lot of people don't identify that that's what's happening to them. But for a lot of women, that is mm-hmm. when someone on a really benign level, I've found. Yeah. When money is being used to control, when money is being used to control. And so you know, that could show up in many different ways. It could show up as, here's your budget. If you need more, ask me. It could be, I'm not giving you full clarity into how much I make and what our investments are. It's a form of abuse. And um, unfortunately, it's it often coincides with emotional abuse mm-hmm. and physical abuse. Mm-hmm. And that's how it showed up for my grandmother. And the best defense we have against that is to get educated, shore up our finances, and get the support we need to leave so that we can leave safely. We can leave safely and that we can get our children out of that situation. Because as hard as it is for you, your kids see it, they know it, whether or not you realize it. And for my father, he actually became a victim of abuse too. Oh my goodness. And so it's really key and important that if you're in a relationship that's unhealthy and however it is, that you do the right thing and protect yourself because that then protects your kids. If you are in a high conflict or any type of toxic abusive relationship, there is a hundred percent chance that after the split, your ex will try and make your life hell financially. So that is, that is really Yeah, And and actually that's one of the do's I want to say in the don'ts um, during the divorce. Cause we've talked a lot, a lot about like how to prepare, Mm -hmm. but during If you are in that situation where you cannot communicate well and there's a lack of trust uh, in your spouse to behave appropriately, 
make sure that you have severed as many financial ties as you can. And so that means that do not co-own the house together. That means instead of uh, ongoing alimony, instead demanding that you have a lump sum, a larger lump sum in place of alimony so that he can't go back to the court and give whatever sob story he might have and reduce the amount that you receive. Especially now. Yes. With the changes in alimony. Yeah. If you receive that lump sum, they can't do that. It also gives you opportunities to live your life. Often alimony stops if you cohabitate with someone, Mm -hmm. if you become married. And so it's really inappropriate. He can go do whatever he wants. He can go get married tomorrow. He can go live with whoever, but you can't for the next eight years because you're receiving this. It's such a crazy, I know, I know. It is such an antiquated, it's, it's really like handmaid's tale. It really is terrible. So yeah. So look for that lump sum. And um, what you're going to do is you're going to talk to your uh, financial advisor, hopefully can that can do this for you, a CDFA, and they'll do a present value calculation of what that alimony for that certain number of years would look like as a lump sum to make sure that you get the fair amount. And then make sure that you get that lump sum, not in the form of an additional amount in a retirement account that's taxed, in the amount of cash. Mm-hmm. You want you want cold, hard cash. Because we know if you're getting a $300,000 lump sum and you're getting that much more of an IRA, you take that $300,000 out of the IRA, say goodbye to 50%, to Uncle Sam. It's only mm-hmm. worth 150. So mm-hmm. be smart, be savvy, understand the tax piece of it and make sure that you get that 300,000 in cash. Yep. Cuz a dollar in a checking account and a savings account is worth a lot more than a dollar that's going to be taxed when you pull it out of a 401k or an IRA. This so is- those are really so that's the second thing of, you know, protect yourself, make sure you don't have any strings attached and number 2, understand the tax impact of that agreement because you want to make sure that if you're walking away with $500,000, that it's worth $500,000 even after tax. Very good advice. Very things that we really would not know, things they don't teach in school. You know, I see this meme going around uh, the internet every year this time of year, like, so, so glad all my knowledge of parallelograms will come in handy this tax season, right? Like, we, like the, the things they should be teaching in school, right? Well, Stacy, we're so lucky to have you educating and helping women through this really confusing and challenging process. It's literally a light in the dark. Where can our listeners find you if they need yeah, more no, help have, or want to work yeah, with you? Two great resources. So if you're looking for ongoing wealth management and it's a pretty complex high net worth situation, you can reach out to me at francisfinancial.com. Um, all my information is there. And if that's not you or you just want free financial advice, um, unbiased financial advice, please use Savvy Ladies. We have workshops, seminars, and then one-on-one helpline with fantastic divorce financial analysts there to help free of charge. And that's SavvyLadies.org. And don't forget it. Savvy is with two Vs because it's very, very good. Um, so SavvyLadies.org. Um, so reach out to Savvy Ladies too. You know, I just want to make sure that everybody has every resource possible because the decisions you make coming up to divorce and through divorce are going to impact you for the rest of your life. Make it your job to make the best decisions possible. And the best decisions come from having information. 
having Amen. information, having a great team. I always say knowledge is powerful and money is power. Yeah. So, you know, you gotta, you gotta fuse the two. There you go. Stacy, this is so thank great. You. Thank you so much for being here. Everybody listening. I know you're like, wow, thank God for this episode. Uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly and we'll see you next week. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 